You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Excited to have Betsy Mack on today. She'll be talking about some of the things that the Hornets are doing within the community. She'll be joining us in the second segment. Want to talk about a little bit what's going on with the NBA bubble and Nada, we discussed this in the previous pod. How yes. There is not going to be a second NBA bubble. What is funny about the Hornets not being there, of course, we've talked about the lack of experience that they're going to get. We have. Um, how much that might be detrimental to the Hornets going forward in their future, just trying to get better for the next season, and how the Wizards are still able to fall beneath the Hornets despite the Hornets not playing in this first bubble. Uh, the Hornets are now above the Wizards in the NBA standings in the Eastern yeah, Conference. Yeah, here's the thing: like, this is not isn't this the like the most Hornet thing ever? They don't play a single game. Their lottery odds are not affected a single iota and yet we find ourselves here in the nine spot just like with it just like it was when Kemba was here we're in the nine slot nothing has changed time is a flat circle walker and I'm sick of it we should have at least had the chance to lose some more again get some experience for these guys because again while the Wizards are literally worse than the Hornets right now you know what's happening Troy Brown's getting getting developmental time you get Mo Wagner getting developmental time we there where's the de- developmental time for jo- uh, Jalen McDaniels right now it's not there. It's not there. Not there at all. <laughs> What's funny about this is, does it mean that less Hornets is more, right? Like, is it less is more for the Hornets when they no. don't play and they still move above the Wizards in the standings? Thank God that they don't have their draft odds hurt in all of this. Thank God it, that we still get to hold on to our thing. On th- that are on our uh, lottery odds. No, it, it would be such a Hornets thing if that actually happened. It would be. Because just just think about that. They don't, again, the Wizards don't win a single game. They don't win a single game. And then what happens? Oh, we're going to have the Washington Wizards somehow jump them in the lottery. Like, that's still kind of possible, somewhat. Because, again, that would be the thing. The lottery odds don't change, and yet the Wizards find themselves with a top three pick, and the Hornets are finding them their way out. Yeah, Bobby Marks was talking about this on Rosinski and Yarbrough, and he said that the Delete Eight have now become the Forgotten Eight. And that was something we talked about yesterday. I just wish there could have been some kind of compromise on joint team practices, some kind of mini camp, but it really is not going to be beneficial to these teams that are left on the outside in. And I wonder, you know, so when we talk about a team like the Wizards, how beneficial is it to them if they just go get spanked? Is there still an experience there that you can gain? Like Troy Brown is someone that has looked pretty good. Yeah. I know people do kind of like Troy Brown, who is also, by the way, a part of that 2018 NBA draft class that saw Shea Gilgis Alexander, Michael Porter Jr. Like those are the guys. You're going to getting... wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. We're not going to bring up Michael Porter Jr. right now, are we? We're not going to bring up SGA. What's wrong? No, I wasn't going to bring. We're up not going to. Br- we're not going to open up. You brought up wound. SGA. Well, you know what you no hold on technically if we're going to go in order of operations here what you did you said SGA we're going to bring up Michael Porter Jr. you just want to open up all the old wounds and you just want to hurt me Walker don't you 
you're the one that discussed Kimball Walker not being here and us still finding a way to finish as the nine seed in the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about that for a second, though, yes. because clearly the Hornets are not as good as they were with Kimba. Yeah. It goes to show you how bad the Eastern Conference is. Yes, and it, this yes, leads it does. To, this leads to a discussion that I want to have, Nada, about the team's chances next year to compete for the postseason. So when we saw all of the parity, if you will, in the Eastern Conference where – you, you, you have Kimball Walker, the yes, star for the Hornets that actually allowed them to contend for the postseason. He's gone now. And so the Hornets, they go to the wayside as far as having any, any real shot to of get course. to the postseason. What I'm, when you talk about the Hornets next year, I, this is still a team that I don't expect to make the playoffs, but the Eastern Conference is so bad as evidence of the Hornets finishing close to the nine seed with Kimba last year. With 23 wins. Yeah, with, with 23 wins. And they still could have accumulated, let's say, in the 17 games that they would have had. Let's say, I don't know, they, they collect four, five, whatever. They might have even messed around and gotten to 30. Yeah, well, well, maybe they could have gotten to 30. So is the East going to be so bad once again where maybe the Hornets start to develop and they actually get closer to the postseason? season and they don't have these really high draft lottery odds like I think there is a there's a universe where the Hornets finish with a worse record next season like yes. I think that's possible but also if you have all of these players develop where PJ's better Devontae works on his game Jalen McDaniels Cody Martin like it is you know it's easy to see the logical sense could be that some of those guys have a better year and then have a better effect on the Hornets actually winning games and you know you're talking about the draft odds not being all that great again and that's something we certainly don't want to see we want to see the hornets not make the postseason yeah and we want them to have a high draft pick and man the eastern conference it's just so bad i don't know if that's going to happen again L look here's the thing do you know the ha the most angry person if the hornets actually mess around and make the playoffs it won't be just me it'll probably be mitch because again as we've said every statistical outlier that this team has seen right now or is shown right now is that they grossly overachieved on a schedule and got better and the thing is this team should be worse next year this team should be in position for cal cunningham jalen green all those guys that we think are stars more so than the ones in this draft right now so if they end up with the playoff in the playoffs, which would be a completely Hornets thing to do, by the way, mm -hmm. get 33 wins and find themselves in the eight slot. If that happens, look, then there ain't no hope. Get so Sage Spectrum Center, if that's the case. So the teams that are going to finish above the Hornets without any doubt next season, it's going to be Milwaukee, Toronto, mm -hmm. Boston, mm -hmm. Miami, Indiana, Philadelphia. Those are all going to be teams that finish above the Hornets. And yes. then Brooklyn, because they get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I still expect the Orlando Magic to finish above the Hornets. But Why it's Orlando. Um, John Wall is supposed to come back next year, right? Like I think is he, Bradley Beal going to be there though? And well, I, as of right now, yes. And if you have that duo, then Washington's going to finish above the Hornets. And then who are the Hornets worse than? Uh, so you look at Chicago, the Knicks, Detroit, Atlanta, and Cleveland. Do you think Atlanta is going to take a big step up with John Collins not having missed 20 Def games with PEDs? Define big because I, again, Atlanta should be better. So that then the Hornets is my question. Like they're going, or I'm, I'm just asking you if John Collins has enough of an effect on that team where he plays yes. all the games that they're going to skip the Hornets and they're going to jump Reddish, above them. Cam Reddish takes another. Yeah. Like, you, okay. So there's one like, or do you expect Detroit with, no. with Blake Griffin to get better than the Hornets, the Knicks, the bulls? I mean, maybe the bulls, but I just, you get my point. Yeah, like this like, is still going to be a team that the Hornets are going to be water. better.
Yeah, you know, like, I don't. I don't know. I just think it with the how bad the Eastern Conference is going to be, we, we might see a, f- a similar finish. Like, are we going to see a nine through eleven type of finish for them again? You know, the remember how everyone used to say the Hornets are on the treadmill of mediocrity. Yeah, welcome to the treadmill of suck. And yet we feel good about some of the guys that are on that course. Yes. and we we might not have the star uh, the star, but we do feel pretty good about some of the players that they do have in place. I want to talk to you about something that is simply. Uh, nowhere close to mediocre, and that's rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as money, for, uh, twice as much, I should say, for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Coming up next, we'll talk with Betsy Mack, a part of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation, next on the Locked On Hornets podcast this is locked on hornets but when he showed in summer league comma a euro step into a windmill during a game end of comma oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a uh, radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all nba yeah on the radar on the radar of <laughs> all nba fans as a nightly highlight producer yeah you're charlotte you're charlotte coming out there yeah i'm from come from uh Catawba county could put so him on the radar it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. And we want to welcome the Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility, as well as the Executive Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation, Betsy Mack, to the pod today. Betsy, thanks so much for your time. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, for sure, Betsy. We really do appreciate the time. And I wanted to talk about the uh, the project that you have going on this week with the Charlotte Hornets Foundation, as well as you teaming up with Bank of America. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the project that you've had really starting since Monday? Yeah, so it's Charlotte Hornets Week of Service provided by Bank of America. So really excited for this entire week. Usually we work with Bank of America on our day of service. We've actually worked with them the past six years on this. But as we know, we're not in a current, um, you know, a normal situation, if you will. So as we started to evaluate and, you know, look at what we wanted to do for this year's day of service, the needs were exponentially larger. So we started kind of building it out and it made sense to do a week of service. And then through this initiative, we started looking at what we wanted our focuses to be. And, you know, a couple different areas that we were really excited about is uh, providing support and economic relief to some of our local Black-owned businesses that have been impacted by the pandemic, as well as providing essential uh, healthcare workers and, uh, you know, individuals in underserved communities, providing meals to them, Um, and then just decreasing the food insecurities by providing these meal assistances, um, and just being a force in our community and kind of looking all over at different areas. And through this, we've been able to provide uh, 20, 20 meals as we go into our week of service 2020. Yeah, it's pretty incredible that, that, that you've been awesome. able to provide 2,020 meals during the week of service. And what did this idea all become about, Betsy? 
Well, so like I said, we've been doing day of service for the past six years. So we usually start planning in the, um, you know, early part of the summer. So we started having conversations in April, May, uh, started looking at a plan that we could start to execute on. But then as, you know, conversations continue to develop, we really wanted to be intentional about how we were providing. Uh, CSR team member Gabby Sims really did a wonderful job of looking at what our community needed and really saying, this is how we can continue to make an impact and let's bring in our local Black-owned businesses. Let's bring in some of our essential healthcare workers and let's really be a force to, you know, look at everything as a whole and be out in this community. So it was an ongoing conversation, but really guided and directed by uh, Gabby and Bank of America loved it. And we just kind of all hands on deck jumped right in. So Betsy, what other projects have you been involved in with the Charlotte Hornets um, as again, a part of uh, the Charlotte Hornets Foundation? Yeah, so we do quite a lot of different activations, events. Some of our large marquee events include our cornucopia with Food Lion, where we, um, you know, feed four thousand families during Thanksgiving. We do our day of, or our um, week of giving during the Christmas season. We, you know, kind of do different events in social economic mobility. We focus on military education, wellness, uh, but then also looking at some of our, you know, more recent focus areas. It's been all about COVID and the pandemic and how we can really help to impact change in those areas. So, you know, we, we create, created a COVID fund where we provided $250,000 to needs in the community, but also uh, held a little back to look at future needs. We joined uh, Atrium with their 2 million mask initiative. Uh, we've also given out grants through different organizations that have really been feet on the ground focused. Uh, and now looking at everything that's happening in our community, we're building out our social justice platform. And we're really focused on voting and uh, getting individuals out to the polls, getting them registered, helping with education and information. Um, so we're starting to build out our whole, our whole campaign there, which will be coming out. It's going to be called Swarm the Polls. So a lot of things that we're involved with, uh, you know, throughout the year and season, but now with the pandemic and some of our uh, racial equity conversations, looking at focusing there as well. Uh, Betsy, you said you brought up uh, racial equity before, and I've noticed with the Charlotte Hornets, at least they've started building like racial equity was part of the, the movement for them for quite a while, even before the pandemic. How does that necessarily again, was that how intentional was that from the top down? I really appreciate you, you know, noticing that that was something that we have been focusing on, um, maybe not as um you know, openly with these were some of our intentions, but always we've been trying to focus on, let's look at social economic mobility. Let's look at our, um, you know, racial inequalities and how we can, you know, really help with that equity. So it has been intentional previous to conversations and situations that have come up now, but now more than ever, we want to be more visible in that space. And so from the top down, from leadership, it's been a key focus area. And we've received a lot of support, a lot of insight. We've done a lot of research and had conversations with uh, different organizations, different individuals. And as we build out this overall platform, we want to make sure that we're really listening to our community in this time of 
need, especially. And that as these conversations are being brought to the forefront, that we're responding in this time with all the momentum that's happening. Because we all know that this isn't a new conversation. This isn't a new situation. But because of some of the tragic situations that have happened, there's momentum there. And we need to make sure that we're utilizing our platform to raise these conversations and discussions up to the forefront so we can really look at those systemic situations and barriers and really help to alleviate where we can and provide resources and be a source of education. So one more thing, the swarm to serve, um, now now that it's a week, can we essentially expect this to be a week going forward right now? Well, that has been discussed. And actually, someone made a joke and they were like, it went from a day to a week. Are we going to see a month next year? So um, never say never. But um, obviously, last year, we did not foresee it being a week. So, you know, next year, when we look at what the needs are, we can certainly, you know, have have that in our plans and look at if if we want to do a week, if we need to do a month, you know, what that really looks like. We just really want to try to be the best resource for our community and listen to those needs. And if those needs, and if we're hearing, we need to do more, we certainly are all in on jumping in and being that. All right. Great stuff as a part of what the Charlotte Hornets are doing. And we thank Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility, as well as the Executive Director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation, Betsy Mack, for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Betsy, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll take one break and come back with plenty more to talk about here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Final play, though, was pretty pretty doo-doo. If you missed the shot, you missed the shot, but that was, and that good. It was reminiscent of Hornets inbounds years past. I was going to say, yeah, it was doo-doo, as you said, and it reminded of, what was the other shot that you didn't like, Doug? It's a technical Uh, term, technical basketball term. I'm a smart basketball guy. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. In that bubble that the Hornets are not a part of, nada. We yeah, did, we're not in the club. We're hating it from outside the club. We right are now. hating outside of the club. Uh, some of the updates that we can provide for you are the Memphis Grizzlies, who did get in. They were legitimately in the race. Have they won a game yet? They did not. They okay. lost 124 to 115 to the Utah Jazz, and now it's sheer chaos as to who is going to get in that eight seed in the Western Conference playoff picture. So the Grizzlies... They're not they're not looking too good right now. They might not even make the play in tournament because they have not won a game. Now here's the question I have. Now let's say Phoenix keeps winning and their schedule is ridiculously easy, so they could continue winning. Phoenix has not lost a game yet. So at what point does Doug Branson our, our again, our third musketeer technically um, what at what point does he walk back his Devin Snooker comments? Oh man, he has looked pretty good, uh, especially with that game winner that he had. And this is a guy that probably was an All Star snub at the midway point yes. of the season because of the way that he played. Yeah, so you, you mentioned that Phoenix has an easy schedule. You know they they've got Indiana, which T J Warren has been the MVP of the of the of bubble. The bubble. Yes. It's been crazy. Like what T J Warren has done has been absolutely insane. Uh, Miami is up next for them after Indiana. They get 
get yes. OKC, Philadelphia, and then it's Dallas. Those are the teams that remain for Yeah, them. but how many of them are actually going to have stuff to play for is the crazy part. Well, Philadelphia is going to have stuff to play for if they want to try to get the highest seed they possibly can, and they have to win because Indiana owns the tiebreaker against them. Yeah. Um, you know, Miami, certainly in that race that's crazy three through six in that's the Eastern also Conference. True. So they're, they're going to, you know, Dallas is going to be playing for a playoff spot. You know, Very Dallas true. at the end. So I think they're still going to be playing against teams that have significant things to play for. Uh, but Phoenix, yeah, they've been great. Another eight seed team has been um, the Portland Trailblazers. You know, Damian Lillard and Carmelo Anthony, you know, that's the duo. It's not even oh, oh, wait, it's wait, been you, Mello who's been balling. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you mean that Mello hasn't been canceled? Because here's the thing, and this drove me nuts, and I know you saw it on, on social media like I did. Everybody's like, oh, this is why Mello shouldn't have been gone. This is what why Mello shouldn't have been gone. Do people realize that those were two different players? Like, OKC Houston Mello was a ball-stopping, non-defensive playing, overweight guy trying to play the three instead of the four. Skinny Mello, Bubble Mello was different. Bubble Mello is like Hoodie Mello, because I know you remember Hoodie Mello from back in the day. How can you not? Exactly. So that's like Hoodie, like final, like washed Hoodie Mello is what Bubble Mello is right now. Yes, Skinny Bubble Mello is fantastic. Exactly. We like the different versions of Mello, but especially this one, the Twilight Bubble Skinny Mello. Let's just keep adding adjectives to it. Exactly. That's what I'm a fan of. We're just going to make it like a Starbucks drink. That's what we're going to do. Well, give me, I don't even know what the largest size is. Is that Grande? Is that the biggest? Venti. Venti. Venti is the biggest. Give me venti mellow right now because he's been fantastic and what he's done has he has lost weight he's shooting threes at a high clip comes up with big clutch moments at the end of that game that they won in their most previous matchup against i forget the team that they it just was beat. houston it was houston there you yeah. go so they they beat houston and it's because of mellow and what he does at the end and i'm with you like this is someone that laughed that scoffed at the idea of coming off of the bench in oklahoma city who was an awful three-point shooter whose field goal percentage was so bad their net their net rating with him on the floor with Houston was abysmal and when they were better with him off of the floor and it's someone that didn't seem like he was going to change nada but because he decided to change because he is not taking as many field goal attempts as he's used to throughout his career and he's hitting at a higher clip yeah then it works and it if does. you told me I was going to get a mellow that acknowledged his new role as an older player, then cool. I would have been more receptive to that, but I didn't think he was going to be receptive to that. Role. No, he wasn't. And that's the thing. And to quote a great American philosopher, if I can change and you can change, everyone can change. I'm a fan of venti skinny bubble hoodie mellow. Yes. That's what I am a yes, fan of. We all watching are. what he uh, has done so far. Anything that we should be really worried about with the Lakers, Nada, or should we just kind of brush that off of our shoulders? Remember how I told you we don't take anything anything for the just we don't take anything like seriously with the team that have, have nothing to play for? You think the Lakers don't have anything to play for? No, they they sold up the number 1 seed by now. Uh do you think that getting Portland scares them? No. Like, again, here's the thing. They're going to hunt Mello. And again, for all the nice things that we've said about Mello. Uh-oh. Now we're going to Grande. We're just going to a little less nicer we, thing. We might have to go to the tall version. <laughs> of it. We're not even going to go to Grande, the medium size. We're just going to go to the tall part. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. They're going to hunt that man and play him off the floor in two games and just put him in pick and rolls where LeBron's on him or AD's on him. Or if, if he's really lucky, he'll get Kuz, who's hitting threes at a magnificent clip right now. Mm -hmm. That offense looks pretty bad. That Lakers offense, offense looks bad, look bad, but I'm just waiting for them to just start just eight Bron AD pick and rolls and then 
pick your poison. Uh, the last thing, the last matchup that I know you wanted to discuss was the versus matchup between Rick Ross and Two Chains. Of course, I have not partaken in a versus you viewing experience. Savage. Yes, I was ready for it. Who wins tonight? Not in that versus. It's battle. Rick Ross. It's got to be Rick Ross. And, and again, this was easy for you. This was. E- Come on. I'm, I'm just asking the question. Come on. Like, I don't know why I have to get yelled at for just asking a question. I'm putting it on the TV question. if you want to knock it out of the park and step up to the plate, but you don't have to badger me for it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I have to badger you for this because here's the thing. You, there's very few rappers that have the discography of one Rick, Rick Ross. Wow, I didn't know we were that high on Rick Ross. I like Rick Ross a lot. I like and I would it. agree. I would have chosen him to win. I just didn't know where you were I don't on think two it's going to be close. Like, literally. Remember, You're a 2 Chains fan. I'm a 2 Chains fan, and I like 2 Chains in certain certain aspects. I don't like 2 Chains albums. I actually like Rick Ross albums. But, well, I will say, we did like rap or go to the league, right? Yes, we did. We did like that. We liked that. And, again, I like that album. But there's multiple albums. There's Teflon Don. There's Port of Miami. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, literally, we could go. It, it, here's the thing. This is how good Rick, Rick Ross, Ross was. We tolerated DJ Khaled to get to Rick Ross. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Do He's I, loyal. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's what I like jeez. from DJ Khaled. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to rockauto.com for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. We don't need to do the spinning wheel of names. You have Cody Martin coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow. Cody we Martin promise. Will be a fun one. Yep. Cody Martin will be a fun one to discuss um, on the next episode of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow.